Good morning, everyone. Today we'll be learning Bezat Hashem Daf Tes in Maseches Ksubas. Daf Tes could be learned over 20 years. The Pashup Shot, we're going to stick very close to Rashi, Andrew, and David. So to get, and not only to Rashi, but the Pashup Shot and Rashi in order to try to get through the main ideas. But first, I've left us in a hole, but I think we could do it because Daf Tes doesn't have that many words, just a lot of concepts. Daf Ches Amad Bez is where we start. About four lines down in the wide lines, we say Amarle. So basically, where were we? As follows. Rishlakish had a son who had a Rebbe. Okay? And so that Rebbe, uh, Nebuch, lost a child. And Rishlakish was in the middle of doing Nicham Avelim. A fascinating type of Nicham Avelim where he had kind of a spokesman. So Rishlakish at this point must have been a great uh, Rosh Yeshiva, and he actually had a speechwriter. And so we were in the middle of the Shiva call here, where first Rish Lakish had said to his uh, Maturgaman, right, the person who spoke on his behalf, he said, give him that thing that you say when children die. And then he said, give him that thing that you say, right, that, to, to say the, the greatest, well, now we said over here, right, that's already the first of the middle lines. So he says, Hashem is great. He's mighty and strong with many deeds. So that's where we left off. He's and that was the encouragement. So now the next thing he wanted to say, the next sort of topic, so what Rish Lakish is doing, he's having his Maturgaman speak from topic to topic, um, in different themes of Nichum Avelim. It's interesting. So, Amalei, Kum Eim Amilsa Keneged Avelim. Now say something that's relevant to Avelis. Pasach Vamar Achinio Miyugayim Amudukayim. Our brothers who are, right, um, sad and depressed, okay, but Evel Hazeh, with this mourning period, Tnulavavchem Lachkor Edzos. Pay mind and heart. Turn your hearts to pay attention to the following thing, which is Zosio Medit Laad. This is something that happens always. What is this? Death. Death is always something that happens. And therefore, Nasivum Mishashis May Bracious. This is the way, Nasiv, right? Nasivos is way. This has been the way from creation. Rabim Shasu Rabim Yishtu, that many drank from the cup of death and many will. Really, what he means is, basically, what he's trying to say is, how freaked out can you be when really death is part of life, right? In other words, you're going to have to get used to this. That's what Rashi says. Everyone dies, so it's true. This child, Rahman al-Salam, died prematurely. That's not great. But, you know, death is part of life. So, Rabim Shasu, Rabim Yishtu, it's happened to many people, it will happen to many people. Just like it happened in earlier generations, then it's going to happen to present generations. Ah, our brothers, may the Shem who's Menachem, Hamakum Menachem, right, should be Menachem you. Okay. Uh, all right. I guess that's a form of a Nechama in a certain sense, as Rashi says, that uh, don't cry excessively, this is part of life. Now, Amar Baye, it's interesting that he said, Rabim Shasu, Rabim Shasu Lema, that you should say. That many have died. Well, that we already know because we've seen them die. We see the people in the cemetery. However, Rabbi Mishulolema, you shouldn't say many people will die. First of all, it's depressing, but more so, Mishteri Shonim Lema. Right? You could say that the early generations they drank. Mishtach drinking here obviously is 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 death. Right? 
You got that. So Mishnachronim lo lema. But don't say that you're go- that there's going to be everyone's going to die. Famous idea. Don't give the Satan any extra reason to start thinking, maybe I should take this one, maybe I should take that one. In other words, you should not start, one should not speak, right, of all the things that we speak of in terms of like, um, you know, skulas and all the different things of um, don't give yourself an ayin hara. This one actually is in the Gemara. This one exists. Don't speak negatively. Because you don't want to give uh, the satan, so to speak, an opening. You don't want to speak negatively. You don't want it to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. I was just reminded as I'm saying this, you know, the Lubavitcher Rebbe didn't used to call, call a hospital. He didn't call it a Beit Cholim. He called it a Beit Mitchalmim. In other words, not a, not a Beit Cholim literally means a house of sick people. He called it a house of healing people. Right, because he was so sensitive to this idea of positive language, and with his positivity, he actually changed the world. Indeed, so something to think about. Amar Yosef. So Kistama Inula Amor. This is the the source of. This is the source of Al Tiftach Pelas Satan. Amar Yosef Mai Kara. The pasuk in Isaiah. Kistama Inula Amora Daminu. We said, you know what? We were so bad. We were like Stom and Amora. Well, we weren't exactly like Stom and Amora, but by saying so, we brought that into the universe, so to speak. And so now, my Ahaderle, later on, the same Navi says in the next pasuk, Shimu Dvar Hashem Dom. It like, you know, you threw it out into the universe, now it's there, and the Satan, so to speak, or the universe, right, adopts it, and we do not want the universe to be able to adopt these negative things, so you shouldn't speak negatively of what will be in the future. Perhaps Mashiach will come, and perhaps we go like the Shita, that once Mashiach comes, there is no Misa, so let's not speak of it in a negative way. Uh, so now that we said this idea of Avelis, Bishlakish is saying to a spokesman, another theme, now we're going to do a Nichem Avelim. So Pasach Amar Achenu Gom Lechasadim Bnei Gom Lechasadim. He said, my brothers, the Gom Lechasadim, children of those who do Chesed, Amachzikim Bebrisa Shal Avram Avinu, who uphold the bris of Avram Avinu. I'm going to skip the parentheses, and I'm going to continue. Achenu Bal HaGmuli Shalem Lechem Gmulchem. Right? That our brothers... Um, you are Balei Chesed, right? And may Hashem reward your Chesed. Baruch Atah Hashem, Baruch Atah Mishalem HaGmul, right? Blessed you Hashem, who is Mishalem the Gmul, okay? Now, obviously, Avram Avinu is mentioned here because he was the ultimate Gomel Chasadim. Uh, Rashi points out that because one of the um, examples of this is that he had the tree, Achil in Levia, the Eishel tree, Okay, but be that as it may, he's giving them a bracha, and that's a nichem avelim, uh, in, in a sense, because he's basically giving them a bracha that they'll have, Hashem will treat them with chesed, because uh, in kind. Just like there, the Avram Vino is about chesed, Hashem should treat them uh, with chesed in kind. It's another way of saying, we should only know of simchas, right? You should only, Hashem should repay you for your chasadim. Um, and so now we conclude this shivakal. Amalai finally said, now just give a bracha to all Israel, right? So you spoke about the child, the child's death. You spoke about uh, Avelis in general, and you spoke about right Avelis for this individual. You gave him a little nechama. Now give a nechama for for him and for all of Klal Yisrael. Amar lei to say that's a pasuk for ribon haolamim. So the Turgman says, Master of the world, you should redeem, spare, 
and deliver and save your nation, Israel, from all the terrible things, the pestilence, whatever that is, the sword, we know what it, what it is. Just That's a Rabbi Orlovsky joke. What is pestilence? Dever, cherev is uh, war and plunder, wind blast and yellowing, all the different things. They should have good business. Taking from Tfilas uh, over here that we know, all the misfortunes that Right, uh, that, that that come upon the world. Before we call, you should answer. In other words, even before we need it and get into a dire strait situation, you should already answer the call so that we should know we shouldn't know of such things. Right, blessed are you who stopped the magefa, and that was the bracha. Okay, so that was the uh, shiva call. Lots, I'm sure, to delve into that shiva call. But we continue. Amar Ula. So Ula said, another practice that they used to have in the Shiva house was, some say that this was a brisa that taught us the following, that there were 10 cups of wine drank in the Shiva house. Wine in the Shiva house? What are you talking about? Yeah, Rashi says, yeah, they used to drink a lot of liquor. You're supposed to give wine to people who are depressed obviously to sort of like lift their spirits and take their mind off for obvious reasons. Now, we're not used to it. I, 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 I like this note that the art school had where he says there's a popular misconception that Avelim can't drink during Shiva. So he says that's probably because of the nine days. So that's a Dafyomi coincidence because nine days are almost, almost upon us. In the nine days, right, when we have the Avelis, we don't drink wine. But he said, really, there is a reason why we don't drink wine, but it's not because we're not allowed to drink wine for Avelis. Avelis itself as evidenced by this practice of uh, that Ula records, uh, actually they used to drink a lot. Okay, ten cups—that's really a lot, Andrew. Shlosha kodemachila. I mean, four cups at the seder, and I'm under the table. Ten is unbelievable. Shlosha kodemachila. Kedei liftach of nemeav. So three before you eat to open up the bowels a little. Shlosha betochachila. Kedei lishas achilas shemeav. Another three during the meal, just to like get it, let a little soaked. And then another four, you got your Dalit Kosos, that's after you've already had six Kosos. Echad Keneged Hazan. The four Kosos at the end are, well, one is you're going to have with benching. I mean, you have to have a Kosos of wine for benching. Echad Keneged Birchas Aretz. And then what's going to happen now is you're going to have another Kosos for each one of the Birchas Amazon. Each one of the Brachas is going to get its own cup of wine. Maybe you should institute that in your house um, when, when people come to you for Shabbos. You, that the give the guy benching and then give him a new coast for every bracha. Echa keneged bechas aretz. It's the first bracha. Echa keneged borin yishalayim. No, hazan. Echa keneged hazan is the first bracha. Echa keneged bechas aretz is the second. Echa keneged borin yishalayim is the third. And bechad keneged atov ha'meitiv is the fourth. Uh-huh. So those four are the ones for benching. Good. Osifu aleim arba. Echa keneged hazan ayir. Oh. Now they added four more cups for a total of 14. That's really a lot. That even got David's attention. Oh, so now we're already drinking. Let's drink for the chazane. Let's drink for all the supporters. Why not? Let's drink a 13th cup of wine for the base of Mikdash. And finally, number 14 for Rabban Gamliel. Yeah, you think? And he got to the point, Andrew, from these 14 cups of wine, people were starting to get tipsy. So they said, you know what, let's forget it. Let's do the original practice of 10. That was better. 
Uh, what's this Rabban Gamliel? Are we so drunk that we're just random, randomly choosing guys and, and drinking to them? No, there's a reason. Used to be that burying the dead was the hardest part of the Misa, which has to be an exaggeration. Obviously, the, the fact that the person passed away was the hardest part. But here, it was very expensive is the point. They used to really dress them up in their finest uh, Wilner suits in order to bury them. That's, we associate that with being a Gaish thing. Well, that's because of Rabbi Gamliel. Because the, the funerals got so expensive, people would just leave their dead relatives in a dumpster and run away for Rav Machlis to pick them up and give them a Levaya. It's a reference to a story we don't have time for. Gamliel said in his own will, I don't want to be buried in my finest Sunday uh, best. I want to be buried in Klipishton, in cheap linen garments. So therefore, that started the whole minog that everybody gets buried like they do today in these cheap linen garments. We don't need to get carried away. It's going in the ground anyway. And that uh, was actually something that's worthy of everybody drink. I'll drink to that. To which Amar Papa, Vehaidna, no, Gama, Filu, Bitsroda, Barzuza. Nowadays, people dress people even in something even uh, more right, cheaper than the linen, like, uh, like canvas, something that's worth just one zuz. So now we're at the two dots at the very bottom of Chesam and Bez, and we start that test in earnest. Um, 15 minutes in, we got this. Amar Rabbi Lazar, as we arrive at Tesamad Aleph. Ha'omer Pesach Basuach Matzasi, Neman La'osra Love. Wow. This is a big Chiddush indeed. And gets back to, we're back to the Basul and Nisseis. Why do we say Basula Nises? Because on Yom Ravi, on Wednesday, because we want him to be able to come to Besdin and say, right, we Sheminis Kara Daito, right? We want him to be able to come to Besdin um, if, he, if he thinks that she had been with someone already. Now, wait a minute. We had already, up in this point, we're talking about Tainus Basulim, so you have to do the first uh, Rashi and Testament Aleph. Rashi is explaining, this case of Pesach Pasuach, he thinks that there's a wider opening than he expected, right? The Tainav's dummy main law. This has nothing to do with blood. Like, for example, let's say she's from, from a family that it was known that there was not going to be any blood or he lost the sheet or whatever it was. So that he doesn't, so he doesn't know about the blood, but the Pesach Pasuach, he says, yeah. And the Chiddush of Rebbe Lazar is that he's believed, meaning, right, that even though He's not going to, this is not an Aedus, right? He's not an aid. he's an Aed Echad. However, as Rashi points out, Lagabe Nafshe, this is the first narrow line here, Havi Mehem Leshavi Alechaticha De Isura, Avalafsidok Suvasa La Mehema. So it's still a Chiddush. In other words, what happens? If she indeed was an adulterous woman, Rahman Alatzlan, then she's usher to him. So by claiming, Pesach Pasuach, he's implying that she's adulterous. That's why he's going to Bezin and claiming this. And therefore, she's, not, she's going to be also to him. But he's not qualified to give Adas on her, right? Because again, he's not to Adim. And, and as we'll see, he doesn't even know uh, what he's looking at. He's just, he, but he's allowed to say that for his purposes, this opening was like wider than he's comfortable with. He thinks there may be something going on. And in so doing, we say that this claim is legitimate. And we make her usher to him. So he's going, but from the perspective of her, she's not going to, you know, she's going to have her name soiled, I would imagine, but she's going to get her ksuba, 
right? So, in other words, because we're not, we don't believe him with respect to the implications on her, because it's not a real edus, but respect to the implication on him, there is this concept, that if you want to make an edus that implies yourself, so that it doesn't have to be, there's a lower threshold of legitimacy of the edus. We're going to believe you, and you say, you know what, fine. From your, with respect to you, she's usher to you. To which the Gemara asks, even, it shouldn't even be because there's such a uh, suffix, as the Gemara explains, why do we believe him at all? His claim shouldn't even have enough legitimacy to usher himself. Because we know, by definition, that he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'll say it outside first. What's the sveik Well, all he's saying is there's a wide opening. He has no clue how it happened, right? And mind you, the, in order for, it, for him to be usher, the opening had to have had uh, the following circumstances. She had to have been already after Kiddushin, right? He, he found the opening at Nisuin. But it means that it, she had to have been an Aishas Ish already. So after Kiddushin, she must have been with another man and Beratzon. Because again, we remember, if she, was, if she was coerced, meaning if she was um, violated, she was an Anusa, then she's not also to him either. So he's saying Pesach Pasuach, and the implication is she cheated on me willingly with another man. Well, he doesn't know when it happened, right? She doesn't know that it happened after Kiddushin. He's saying she cheated on me after Kiddushin. So we don't know that it was after Kiddushin, and we don't know that it was willing, and we don't know that she cheated on him at all. So this should be garnished mit garnished. We should totally just throw him out of court. Says the Gemara, So that's the first suffix. We don't know when this happened, even if it did happen. We don't know if it happened after Kiddushin. And let's say it happened after Kiddushin. Maybe she was um, violated and did it against her will, in which case she wouldn't be also to him. So the Gemara answers two possibilities. One possibility is that, no, that he's a coin. Oh, so when he sees this Pesach Pesuach, it doesn't matter whether it's Be'onus or Be'ratzon. The only suffix would be whether it's after Kiddushin. We're, allowed, we're going to tolerate one suffix here. In other words, he doesn't know when it happened, but the fact that it happened, since he's a Kohen, whether it's Be'onus or Be'ratzon, it doesn't matter, and he's suspecting that it maybe happened after the Kiddushin, and that is enough for him to be Mashri on himself, a Chaticha de Yisur, to make it also for himself. Or... Another possibility is Ve'eshes Yisrael, that maybe he's not a Kohen, and therefore what would matter would be whether it's Be'onus or Be'ratzon. However, Yeah, but the Kiddushin, this Shidduch, was already from before kindergarten, from before pre-1A even. Before she was three years old, right, her father already made the Shidduch between this woman and this man, and therefore... Right, that means that by definition, any beer that happened that would have created an opening that's still there had to have happened after Kiddushin. Because as we had said earlier, any beer that happens before three years old, it just heals right back up and regenerates. So it, you wouldn't know it. So the fact that there's a Pesach Pasuach and the fact that she was married before she was three added all up and this Pesach Pasuach had to have happened during Kiddushin and therefore that is the reason, right? So, so, so that suffix does not exist. Certainly it happened while she was um, technically his wife, right? However, the only thing is we don't know whether it was Be'onus Be'ratzon and since he's Israel, so that's the suffix. So again, just to make it clear, one suffix is enough even though he's making a claim Right, so we're going to say there's even more sfekas because maybe he doesn't even know 
uh, whether it's wider or not wider than it's supposed to be. But let's leave that aside. Right now, on the simple level, one suffix is enough to create on himself an iser. Okay. And that's a real chiddush indeed, right? Omer Pesach, Pasuach, we make him usher on himself, even though there's a lot of questions with that claim. Oh. So now the Gemara wants to know, what is the chiddush in Rabbi Lazar? My Kamash Malan. What is he really fundamentally trying to teach us? Tanina. Well, we learned this idea of Shavya Nafshe Chaticha Di Isura in Kiddush, in, in Daf Samechei, in Kiddushin. And the case goes like this. So, Omer Isha Kiddashtich. Let's say a man says to a woman, I was Makadashu. The Yomer is Loki Dashtani. He says, I don't remember you. You were never Makadash me. So, he muteris Bekrovov, who Asur Bekrovosea. So, from her perspective, she says, I don't even know who you are. So, she could marry his brother. She could marry any one of his relatives. She doesn't have Shaykhaz to him. However, by saying to her that from his perspective, he thinks that he was Makadash her, right? He is usher to her krovim, as Rashi says, the shavinu anafshe chaticha di Right? He's usher to marry her mother, her daughter, and her sister, because he was shavinu anafshe chaticha di So that is the classic Mishnah in Samachayin Kiddushin that teaches you that a person can give a dubious testimony and it has halachic significance with regards to making him usher the krovoseha. So we already have that ruling, okay? So why do we need to add on top of that the, ru- the ruling of Rabbi Lazar that, he can be, that when he says Pesach Pasuach, he makes her asr to him? So says the Gemara, Well, you might have thought over there in the Mishnah in Kiddushan Samechei, from his perspective, he's certain that he is Mekadashur, right? Of that he has no doubt, right? So here, huh, he thinks he found the Pesach Pasuach, but even if he was sure that he found the Pesach Pasuach, that it was wider than it was supposed to be in there, had been some, he wasn't the first guy there. The, the, still, there's so much narrative that he doesn't know. He has no idea how it happened. So you might have thought, there, it's not Shavit, right? Because as we said, no matter what the case is, there's an element of Suffolk here. So once there's the element of Suffolk, so you would think, where there's a Suffolk, you can't be. You don't make yourself aser, kamash malan, that you do. That in fact, you do make yourself aser. So now the Gemara asks, Can Rabbi Lazar really say that a man can um, just say this opening is wider than it should be and therefore she committed adultery? But Rabbi Lazar, but Rabbi Lazar himself has said elsewhere, Okay, so now we're... Let's leave the Maisa Shahaya aside. We're going to have to deal with it because it's confusing. But let's just first understand what the question is. The question is like this. Rebelazer himself has said, don't, don't forget, the consequence of us believing him is that we're making her also to him. Okay. Now, Rebelazer, amazingly, himself had said that a woman is not going to be also to him Unless there's something called kino vestira. Okay, what's kino vestira? So this is, you might recall this from the Parsha of Sota, right? In the Parsha of adultery in the Torah, the only time that a woman is going to actually be accused of adultery and thus usher to her husband is there's a sequence, right? There's a, pro, there's a protocol, a procedure. It can't just be like a husband goes to bed and said, she cheated on me. That's not how it works, guys. You have to, first of all, kino vestira. He has to tell her, and don't go, I, she has to first suspect her. 
that she's spending too much time with another dude. And then he has to be jealous of that dude and say, I don't want, I don't want to hear that you were seen with that dude. And then he has to have Adim that in fact she had Stira, which is Yichud with that dude. People saw her even subsequent to this warning, so to speak. Subsequently, they saw her still persisting and going on with that dude. All of that has to be in place in order for this claim of her committing adultery to take any hold and to make her usher. Oh, well, there's, there's a procedure then, right? Otherwise, you don't, just commit, uh, you don't just accuse a woman of adultery. So what's going on here? Here, all he said was Pesach Pesuach. There's no Kinyun. There's no Stira. So even with Shavi Nafshechaticha Leisura, how are we allowing this woman to be usher to her husband there was no, we're, we're not following protocol. There, and it's Rebbe Lazar himself who says that that protocol needs to be followed in order to make her us to Baal. So what are we even talking about? Now, this Maishe Shahaya is referring to uh, David and Bathsheba. <coughs> the problem with David and Bathsheba, which the Gemara is going to ask, is what do you mean? There was no Kino Yvestir in, uh, in David and Bathsheba. So we're going to amend that statement. But what happened with David and Bathsheba historically, just to remind you what happened in the Navi, was that David saw Bathsheba showering, I guess we could say, right? And you have to, uh, David, but we'll go over Daf Dalit and Hayim Brachas again together. Anyone who says that David sinned, ain't no elatoe, right? It's, you're, not, you're, not, you're not reading it correctly. But be that as it may, just for the purposes of understanding what the Gemara is trying to say, he saw Bathsheba and he wanted to be with her. And so he sent her husband to the front lines and her husband, right, uh, sure enough, sure as the uh, day is long, died in the front lines. And then he took her, and then Nasan Hanavi famously uh, said she only had, it was a shepherd with one lamb. You took the one lamb. This guy had one thing going, and you took him. Okay. And David was very, 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 very sorry indeed. The tshuva there was very sincere. But, right, be that as it may, what was that topic? The question is, how did he not become usher to Bathsheba? Well, if there was Kinu Yistira, she would have been usher to him, right? In other words, Bathsheba was still married to Uri. Achiti, Uriah. So if she was still married to him, uh, she was technically committing adultery with David. And if so, that she should be ushered to him. Because she's ushered Labal Ulaboel. So how did David, as we know, continue to live with Bacheva as his wife? Okay. So we'll get into that in a second. But be that as it may, the, the, the fundamental question is how does our beloved say that Pesach Pesuach makes her usher to him when you need to have Kinu and Steer and we don't have that here? So the first thing we're going to answer is the Vitispera. Could it really be that that's what that is what Rabbi Lazar said? Kina Vistira. What's our issue? The issue here is the David issue. Really? Did you? Is it possible that there was Kina Vistira and Maisa Shahaya? Obviously not, right? In other words, Bacheva's husband never said, hey, watch out for David. I don't, want, I don't want to hear that you were seen with him. He was totally oblivious to the entire thing the entire time. So there was no Ikinu Vistira. Uh, so that's, that's really the first question. Like, why are we saying Maisa Shahaya? The Ode, Miasrua, right? And, and beyond that, not only was there no Ikinu Vistira, but it wasn't even Usr. In other words, they're trying to give an example that there's Usr Kimaisa Shahaya. Well, in the case of Ikinu Vistira, everybody knows that they continue to live, live together. Right, as Rashi says, Mi Asru al Uriah, the Ilu Nesra al Uriah, Nesraf of David. Right, there was no Isser, because like we learn in Sota Chav Zayin, Kashem Shesur Labal, Kachasur Laboel, right? Had she been Usser to Uriah, she would have been Usser to David as well. So this is where we just explain 
the difference and what this Maisa Shahaya has to do with it, and then we'll get back to our question. So explaining it in the Gemara, Halo Kasha, Hachi Kamar, Isha Neseris Albala El Aliski Kunivistira. We still stand strong. In other words, the fundamental concept here is that a woman is not going to be Neseris Albala unless there was this prior Kinui Vistira as we described. And we learn that Mimaisa Shahaya. Okay, so now we're just cleaning up the statement of Rabbi Lazar. We learn that from the Maisa Shahaya of David Batsheva as follows. The law of Akinu Vistira below Itzura. Okay, so at least that part is now straightened out. That in the case of David Batsheva, there was no Akinu Vistira, obviously, because the Uriah was totally unaware of it. And therefore, that's why Batsheva, subsequent to the whole incident, was in fact Mutter Labala, right? She was Mutter to David, Laboala, as it were. She Mutter to David Amelech because there was no Kinu Estira. And that story in itself, because she was Mutter to David Amelech, despite the adultery, uh, what it seemed to be adultery, that is the illustration. It's exhibit A of the idea that, that when there's no Kinu Estira, she is Mutter Labala. Good. Oh. Fine. So now we have the Kasha. Mikol Mokam Kasha. Kinev is in. Pesach Pasuach, lo. Right? We have the Kasha here that when you have Kinev is that's the only time she should be usher to him. But Pesach Pasuach, you could say, till the cows come home. It's not going to make his, the wife usher to him because you broke protocol, right? You skipped Kinev is And without Kinev is you never have usher Labala. So, so we're talking about Pesach Pesuach not being such a great taina. But even if it was a good taina, there was no kin of Estira, and therefore why are we saying that the woman is Asr Labala? So the Gemara says, wait a minute. According to your reason, Rabbi Lazar, kin of Estira in Edimlo, if you're going to say huh, that without kin of Estira, you never are Asr Labala, then that would imply that even if there were Edim, forget about Pesach Pesuach, this is what we're saying now. Forget about they, you know, uh, the, how shaky the claim of Pesach Pasuach is. Put that aside. Let's say you had Mamish two kosher Edim coming and saying, we saw this adultery take place with our own eyes, right? Are you going to say in that scenario that without Kinu Vistira, that she's not also Labala, right? That's not true. We say, what Rabbi Lazar must mean, I'll say it outside first. See, <laughs> kinevestira is reglayin ladavar. The reason why kinevestira works is because once there's suspicion where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And, and it is therefore a necessary ingredient to asahar labala, but only where you have an edecha. Usually, and let me tell you, David, it's not common to have two Adim witness with their own eyes adultery. That's as a very, that's, that's almost never happens. So it's always like circumstantial, like, you know, people talk and they see these two are hanging around, uh, all the time. So that's where Kinevistira comes in, right? When you have the circumstantial evidence of an Eid Echad, right? But even Rabbi Lazar, he would not say that if two Adim say we saw this with our own eyes and it was horrible, that we're not going to believe them, but we're going to say, no, 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 we don't believe you because we need kinevistira. Kinevistira is only to establish a circumstantial evidence. So therefore, that's what Rabbi Lazar says. Eina Isha, reading it inside. So if you have the circumstantial evidence, the raglaim, the dover, as we call it, that are established by this kinevistira, so then eid echad would be enough. 
And then, and that is the Kiddush of Rabbi Lazar. That even without Kinyi Vestira, when the husband himself, who's going to be closer to the situation than the husband? Nobody. Therefore, his Pesach Pasuach has the status not of a single aid, even though he's only one human being. It is authoritative like a two Adim testimony. And therefore, even without Kinyi Vestira, the Pesach Pasuach claim is enough to answer him, to, to answer her to him. And that was the Kiddush Rebbe Lazar. Okay, so if you're going to say, well, why is it with David HaMelech that she wasn't Asr? Well, Rashi. Uh, last Rashi in Tessalmedal. Right? We're talking about Shtei Edim. Well, the whole world knew about David and Batsheva. Right? That was a hawk. You better believe that made all the Mishpacha and Ami magazines, right? Everybody knew that this was going on. And so it was multiple Edim, right? And therefore, why was Batsheva not ushered to David? Says the Gemara, Hasam Onus Hava. This is a difficult answer, obviously. That that was, uh, he violated her. David violated her, it was against her will, which ironically, therefore, makes it what? Not also to him, because under cir- cir- those circumstances, again, only if she did it by Ratzon, is she also Lebala, in Lebola, which is a fascinating shita, right? If a woman's violated, and then she's not also Lebala, then she, she marries, and she remains married, but let's say she gets divorced. She could get up there and go marry her uh, former rapist. This is not how we usually look at life, but, and it's a difficult answer indeed. Um, there are a lot of Mepharshim that try to, uh, paint David in a better light um, and none more so than the Gemara itself that offers a second, more palatable answer, which was well known. Another possibility why Bathsheba was not also to David. As we turn to Testament Bays at the potentially manageable time of 610 a.m. Yeah. This was the advice that Yishai one of the, what was it, four or five, one of the four, I think, tzaddikim that we said that never, that never tasted any sin. David's father, Yishai, was a big tzaddik. He sat him down and he gave him advice. He said, whenever anybody goes to war, give a get beforehand. Oh, so it must mean, must mean it was under, under the radar, but all of these soldiers had a get. And therefore, it was a get out tonight, right? If you don't come back, David could be with his wife. She's basically a grusha. She's allowed. She's not an Ashish ish at all. Right? That's the Pasuk. The Pasuk explains, Isha explaining this to David, where it says, Right? His father, Isha, says, Look into your brother's well being and take their Aruba. We don't know what Aruba is. So that's what the Gemara says. What do you mean by that? Aruba. To connote the lashon of me'oravim, dvarim me'oravim be'no levena. Those things that have to do with the husband-wife relationship, which is to say, take away the husband-wife relationship in abeyance, give this get to all the soldiers, so that if anything happens in the battlefield, the women will not be agunos and they will not be considered married. And so David puts Uriah in the front lines. The get is in effect. Tosus will discuss. We will not discuss, but Tosus will discuss. Was this get uh, in effect Lemafreya? Was it uh, in, uh, in effect immediately? Well, it helps David Amalek if it was in effect immediately, right? Some say that it was in effect immediately 
and then they basically have to get remarried after the war. That's, that, that, that makes it a little bit halakhically easier, perhaps, and certainly easier for David. Okay, so five lines down on Testament Bays. We're going to support Rabbi Lazar's idea. Amar Baye. Afanan nami tanir. Besulas nisas to yomar vi. Le yomar vi in. Le yom chamishi lo. Maitaima. In other words, look at our Mishnah. Right? Rabbi Lazar is saying that Chasan is believed to say Pesach Pesuach Matzati. And we're saying in our Mishnah that we're encouraging the Chasan to run to Bezdin and say that he suspects foul play. Well, maitaima. Right? What's the reason? Mishumikuridaita. Because we want him to go to Bezdin right away. Because otherwise, he will have calmed down, his anger abated, and emotional attachment to his new kala. And despite the foul play, he's not going to go to Bezdin and rat her out. He's going to continue to live with her. We don't want him to do that. If she indeed had these relations, we want to get to the bottom of it right away. And therefore, we encourage him by making the basula get married on Wednesday. Now, it says the Gemara, Lamai, what are the rabbis concerned about? of Laksuba. Well, if you're concerned, right, that, that he's, that whether she gets the ksuba or not, it's a nasive law. So let him give the, let him give the, the ksuba to her, right? In other words, the halacha is, as we've said, the halacha is that he's gonna, that he's gonna have to give her a ksuba, right? Because he doesn't have a strong enough taina to, to not give her ksuba. He only has a strong enough taina to make her usher to him. So if, so since the consequence with ksuba is of no consequence, so he's going to give her the ksuba anyway. So that's not the reason why we're rushing him to, uh, to get married on Wednesday night to rush him to Bezdin. So that's not the issue. The issue the rabbis were concerned about was that she's usher to him. Oh. And he's making a taina. My love, the katan taina is pesach pasuach. And what taina does he make? If not Pesach Pasuach, right? That could be, that should be the Taina. So it's the Gemara, low. The Ketan Taina is Damim, right? In other words, it's not the Taina of Pesach Pasuach. In other words, our Mishnah looks like it supports Rabbi Lazar, because after all, we're encouraging him to go get married on Wednesday night, because we're encouraging him to go to bed the next day. And isn't it so that what we're encouraging him to claim is that he saw a, wide, a wider opening than he expected, a Pesach Pasuach, and therefore he suspects her of adultery? So the answer is no. It could be that Pesach Pasuach, right, might work, but our Mishnah is not necessarily talking about Pesach Pasuach. Our Mishnah is talking about Damim. In other words, once you say, because really there's two possible Tainas, right? One possibility is he saw an opening. The other possibility is he didn't see blood. Ah. So Tosos gets a little bit into it. Nira Lefarish says, Tosos, my love, the Katain Tainas Pesach Pasuach. You might have thought, but Tainas Damim, that... You because you don't see dam, and therefore leave in miskare that there's no issue of of kiradaita with regards to dam. So Tosus is trying to explain why one taina would be better than the other. Again, just to outline exactly what we're saying, we're saying that our Mishnah might be support of our Belazar. Our Belazar says that the taina of Pesach Pasuach is enough to make her usher to him. And what we're saying is our Mishnah is not necessarily a support of Rabbi Lazar because there's two potential Tainas, there's Pesach Pasuach and there's I didn't see Dam. And when we teach that we're supposed to get married on Wednesday and we teach the concept of Shema Yizkar Daito, it is not 100% clear whether that would apply to Pesach Pasuach the same way that it applies to Dam Besulim. 
And therefore, our Mishnah might only be talking about Dam, not about Pesach Pasuach, and therefore is not a data point to support or take away from Rabbi Lazar. Good. So now we say, So what is the halacha? He takes it to the next level, guys. Rabbi Lazar says, he's only Neman Lazar on him. Rabbi Shmuel said, wow, not only is he also on himself, but she loses a ksuba. Whoa, a huge chumr indeed. What is he teaching us? Tanina, what we learned in the Mishnah that we're going to learn next week, Adaf Yud Beis, Bezrat Hashem. Coming attractions, Monday, guys, you want to come at 535. Let's say the person eats by his in-laws in the province of Judea without witnesses. What's without witnesses? Well, I got to explain to you guys. There was two different kinds of practices with regards to the Chosan Kala engaged couple. Okay? There was Yehuda and there was Galil. Galil was yeshivish. No texting, dates once a week, max, phone calls capped at half an hour. Takana's Andrew. That's the Galil yeshivish approach. Yehuda had the exact opposite approach. We encourage Yehud. <laughs> We encourage multiple dates, text away kids, FaceTime even. What are we doing? So we explained that what they were doing in Yehuda was they were concerned. Yehuda was a region where the Hag- Hagmon would come and want to have Bia with the Kala prior to her husband. Uh-oh. And so we want her to reject him. We don't want her to fall in love with him. And we know this concept of her first love. She might have some sort of like... Uh, intuitive hormonal initial connection or whatever you want to call it. And therefore, we purposely establish a bond between her and her chasan. And we encourage that bond by saying, date, FaceTime, text. Guys, go at it. You should be like boyfriend and girlfriend, so to speak. Not premarital uh, anything beyond that, right? We wanted to be at the Basula the Chupa, but it sounds like we're even to, willing to like uh, not allow that but we're kind of taking that chance, Andrew. I mean, we're literally putting them in Yichud during Kedushin. That was what happened in Yehuda. Therefore, when you have a person who's from Yehuda, says the Mishnah that we're going to read on Monday, <laughs> we're not going to say, this guy doesn't have to get married on Wednesday, because if he's going to say she doesn't have Besulim, we're going to be like, yeah, you, you bet she doesn't have Besulim. Mipnei <laughs> We don't, if the likelihood is, right, we don't know for sure, but the overwhelming likelihood is if she does not, in fact, have Basulim, that it's from him as opposed to anybody else, because we've been encouraging them to be like boyfriend and girlfriend now for like the entire time that they were engaged. So he loses his tiniest Basulim. Says the Gemara, be, be, the Mishnah really, be, well, the Gemara explains in the Mishnah, yeah, no tiniest Basulim in Yehuda. But in Galil, where they did the yeshivish dating with the takanas, kemosha tzarich, as you're supposed to, as we do nowadays, then certainly he can make such a, he certainly sounds like he shouldn't make such a claim. Now the Gemara asks, but why in Galil can he make such a claim? Ila osra alav, if you're going to say he can make the claim with regards to making her also to him, so be Yehuda Milo. So in Yehuda, right, again, when you're making a claim to make things also for you, so then that should even work in Yehuda. It's true that you miyached with her, and it may also be true that you're the main guy that may have been the one, the cause of the 
right? The fact that she doesn't have a tinus basulim. However, or that she doesn't have basulim and therefore has a tinus basulim. However, you're entitled to make that claim if the only consequence is to make her usher to you. So we say, why does he not have that claim in Yehuda? It sounds like the only reason we are learning this mission on Yud Beis is to teach you the massive Chiddush that in the that you're allowed to make the claim of Besulim not only to make her also to you, but even to cause her to lose her Ksuba. Because again, if the only reason was to be to usher to you, then it should be usher both in Yehuda and in Galil. The fact that it's only a tiny basula that works in Galil sounds like the consequence is more than just on you. Sounds like the consequence is that she loses something. Ah, if the consequence is that she loses Ksuba, that's a big chiddush indeed. And that certainly should not apply in Yehuda because you cannot make her lose something in Yehuda. Says the Gemara, the Katain Taina, my love the Katain, what is the Taina that he's telling? Maybe it's more likely that he's talking about the Taina of Pesach Pasuach, and so another uh, potential Raya to Rabbi Eliezer. To which, right, to which the, uh, there's no Edim, there's no right? That's what Rashi says. However, why are we saying Pesach Pasuach? Because we believe him. And why do we believe him? We believe him because he would not have gone through, even in Yehuda. They've been boyfriend and girlfriend now for a while, but if he didn't like her, he doesn't have to make a taina. He could just be megarish her. Right? There's kiddushin, you give a get, and you have gerishin. If he doesn't like her, you just be megarish her. But he didn't do that. He went through all the trouble of paying for the wedding. Remember, in those days, the chassan's father paid for the wedding. So they went through the trouble of having a wedding. If he didn't like her, he wouldn't have gone through that trouble. So the fact that he got married and then he had the taina, maybe he should have... Right, a legitimate taina. So it's about low. The katana tain tainus diamond. So there we answer right, like we answered before, that that Mishnah indeed is teaching you that he has a claim, and it sounds like that claim, in fact, could deprive the Kalav Ksuba, and that would be Shmuel's massive chiddush. However, right, Shmuel needed to, and, and there and therefore, that the reason why. He's saying that is not, however, a data point for Rebbe Lazar that you could be told Pesach Pasuach, because even in that Mishnah, that we're going to learn in Yud Beis and Chazer, even in that Mishnah, that could be a Tainas Damim, not a Tainas Pesach Pasuach, as the Gemara answers, Lo, the Katayin, Tainas Damim. That that Mishnah might be dealing in case of Tainas Damim, right? And since Tainas Damim is a claim that he can, in fact, support, right? Right? Because Pesach Pasuach, he has no idea what he's doing, Right? Because Pesach Pesuach, he doesn't really know. All he knows, and this is the first time we see in Rashi that, that he, he's conceding that the Hassan, certainly if it's his first right uh, time, he's not going to necessarily understand, and therefore he's not going to have a really strong Taina. Wherever Taina's Dumim is at least supportable in the, by the absence of blood, and therefore the Mishnah is going to say that in the Galil, it's going to be accepted even to be mafsed the ksuba, according to Shmuel. And so, we have arrived at the end of Tess Ahmed Beis. Uh, we're going to say Hadron Allah to Tess Ahmed Beis already now, because embedded in it, whether you noticed it or not, is about three months minimum worth of full-time Iyun. Okay, everybody have a good Shabbos. We resume on Monday.